Hello and welcome to another episode of After the Whistle, the sports podcast show where no topic is off limits, and we are crazy about NBA playoffs this episode. <laughs> I'm joined by Lex. Hey, listeners, we're back again. At this point, he's dangerously close to becoming a host. I mean, he's a, re- <laughs> All right, now he's a regular guest. Yes, yeah. so we'll give him regular guest status. <laughs> We're just going to jump right in because there's been a slew of games since you last came in and we are trying to catch up with as many topics as we yeah. can for this episode. First up on our on our agenda, general postseason talk. One thing that always stands out is the playoff is a whole different beast to regular season. I mean, it looks like it. It feels like it. Let's just spend some time talking about that. Do you agree with that notion? Yes, I agree. Um, I think the dynamics of the game changes mm-hmm. in the playoffs. The intensity, like like you already said, goes up and a notch. Um, the key details, the X and O's, like get to the final details. People are being more careful with um, possessions. So yeah. offensively and defensively, you need to set up. The game has less transition points because everybody everybody sets up their defense in a way that doesn't allow you to be able to get like um, regular transition points. So everything becomes who... You, then you begin to see who is a better player, who is a better coach, which team has the better preparation coming into the game. Exactly. There's, there's very little room for error and you winning is not too much based on luck, but more to do with the fact that you were able to do enough preparation. So I, I think it is fair for anyone to suggest that the playoff game and a system that is run is very different from from the, the regular season. And that point is that you're playing one team potentially for seven games. So you get to so you get, get very to, intimate with yeah, them. Yeah. You get to know their offense inside and out, yeah. their play. So it's about how well you can anticipate. And you also mentioned earlier on about transition transition points. I think the Cavs had a game where nobody had a freaking turnover. Yeah. Which... <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible, but they played an entire basketball game with no freaking turnovers. Um, I mean, people would rather take bad shots than rush bad passes. Yeah. So the, the room for you to wreck certain passes is dwindled down because you don't want to be the one. Every possession matters. Matters. Every possession matters. You can't just lose the ball and give somebody a chance to get a two and one and one and you see suddenly you are down by two or one and suddenly yeah. that was a moment. You lost momentum for the freaking game. Your coach is benching <laughs> you. That's a bonehead play. Yeah. And I think the playoffs also allows us to be able to see which play players truly can withstand um, the pressure. So for instance, if, if somebody is good in the regular season, we want to see that he's able to sustain the pressure in the playoffs or he crumbles. So This is where you make your super, this, yeah. you claim your superstar status. That's can you carry a team? team? Do you make that difference? And also, the refs, the call do feel seem a little bit different, right? Yeah, they does. let certain it's things go. Cool. It's about the flow of the game yeah. now. Yeah, so if you're holding and grabbing, um, ideally something they let you get away with. Yeah, I thought it's not too, too, in, too obvious. Yes, yeah. But James Harden still finds a way to get his glasses. I mean, <laughs> James Harden is a potential for another topic. Has there ever been a superstar with? You can't deny his talent and his offensive outputs, but watching him play is just depending on where you stand. It's, it's hard. It is. His his vision out of fouls. Yeah, and. I think it is fair if if, if, <laughs> if it's in foul, but I think he looks out too much for those things. Well, yeah. okay. I think there was this playing that I think game one versus the Jazz where he picked up the ball, he was moving up the court, and he just basically stopped and backed into a Jazz yeah. player. But because of how he stumbled for it, he got the damn foul. And it's like, no, you don't do that. Like, <laughs> James Harden, you could easily drive yeah, to the basket. You can shoot a three. You don't need. You can shoot a fade. You don't need to do this to it's get. Not. 
Yeah. So like, I, I guess for someone like him, the the regular season in a playoff, he just enjoys yeah, the playoffs. Playoff, it does. Yeah, because <laughs> then everything becomes a bit more glaring for him to be able to exactly. Maneuver. So the regular season for me again is is the point to do with the fact that coaches have to game plan from game to game with different like um teams coming into town but in the playoffs you will need to scheme against certain players yeah you don't you don't necessarily have to scheme against the entire team so if you're playing against the Cavs you don't necessarily have to worry about say Rodney Hood or worry too much about Judge Hill it is seeing how to minimize LeBron going off on you yeah. but in the regular season you'll have to accommodate for the entire team so I think the regular season also allows us like you also rightly said which players are able to like rise up and end their money so exactly yeah, the playoffs really really does intensify another thing for coaches in as much as you're trying to focus on stopping a key player you don't want to make the mistake where fine I'm stopping LeBron from getting to the basket but guess what he's good at yeah. passing, passing as well yeah. so if you're blocking LeBron suddenly shooters out there you have JF who's on fire or Thompson has showed up Kevin yeah. Love is like he's getting back but to old form yeah. Charlie you see, no, you're getting killed out of the way so it's, it's pick a poison would you rather get beat by LeBron or get beat by George Hill and you have to be all around mm-hmm. like you have to be stopping LeBron stopping passes and it's just we'll talk about this but the Raptors are not seen top Charlie no, they no, no, are no. struggling with this yeah um, we're going to go on and talk about the round one because our last episode we were still in the mix of round one now it's all done we're in round two but then we just want to talk about some of the shock exits the plays and our impressions generally about that round um which team do you think did well? I cover themselves in glory. Um, it's, it's fair to say the pieces coming into the year. Only them, right? Because they yeah. were the only ones who actually looked like they made us question the Cubs. Cubs. They, they, they left us wondering if the Cubs were going to go to the finals. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and coming into the season after trading Paul George away and getting all Oladipo and um, Sabonis, no one really thought the Pacers had the arsenal and the tools to be able uh, played, yeah. To, yeah, to, to go as far as they did with the Cavs and they been able to do so. So, to get seven games against the LeBron James team in itself, there are no moral victories in basketball, but you can look at that and say... It's as close as it comes. Yeah. They haven't played virtually entire game just to still keep the Cavs in it and still lose. Like, yeah. they made him work. They did. They didn't make him work. They, 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 they got him to look at himself and the whole team and say that he needs to do more. Yeah. I think in game six and game seven, LeBron realized that this was a moment where he couldn't allow himself to get into the game. It was He had to get to the game by the scruff of the neck and he was able to do that. Especially when you contrast that with how the Raptors were playing. playing yeah. yeah. Suddenly it looks like the round one opens was far tougher than the round two, two opponent, yeah. which shouldn't be the case because the better team should be progressing progressing forward as well. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other team that covered the Celtics. I said the Celtics. Uh, the Spurs lost, but that was understandable. understandable they lost Kawhi and then they lost Pop. Yeah. And then they were facing the Warriors. <laughs> and playing like, with a very old manager, nobly, exactly. one out Parker, and not too good like Woody Gay because he had an ACL tear before the season started. So it's been very sketchy for for the space, but you can understand why they they lost um by by four one because then they didn't have the full set up of their team to be able to compete against them. Exactly. And they got a game back, so hey yeah. moral victory, right? Moral victory for them. Uh, the backs also did well. <laughs> Yeah, even though they were tipped, most people tipped them to beat the Celtics. Yeah, but it, which is why I was wondering the fact that you have Giannis and you have Bledsoe, the whole team in the course of the season were bad defensively. Mm-hmm. So, in the playoffs, you just don't switch that flip and saying that a bad defensive team suddenly becomes a very good defensive team. In there, it's a yeah. habit, it, it, it runs through. So, me, I always knew because the Celtics had. 
solidified defensive scheme in the West against you. It's a plug and play. Anybody who comes in and goes out is able to stick to the system. I always said the Celtics to beat them. Okay. But the Bucks taking it to seven games. If they had Kyrie, if the Celtics had Kyrie and oh, they had Hayward, it would have been a shorter and series. Jaylen, like it would have been a much shorter, shorter, series, shorter so. series because coming in, the Bucks did have superstar. Like that was the thing; they had that the best player in the matchup. Exactly, and sometimes you know <laughs> that best player can drop forty for two games, and yeah. that's what size the game in the yeah. seven game series. The Wizards also just disappointed, kind of. Yo, okay, as <laughs> see. Because of this podcast, I try to be as what's the word? Not not impassionate, um fair, fair as possible. But I must say, man, I think the wizards are the bunch of whiniest <laughs> complainers. I don't even know, like Bill and Wall. They just every single time there's something they, they see themselves as so much more better players than, than their you. play and performances suggest. Yeah. This are uh, a bunch of underachievers. They say a whole lot. Yeah, they, they do. They really they say a whole lot. Too much. <laughs> too like, much. And you're worth, and then you can talk the junk. If yeah. anyone is saying anything right now, has earned the right to. Yeah. If the Warriors are saying anything now, they've earned the right to. It will still be annoying, but like but you have to yeah, be gradually yeah, admit, yeah, yeah they've yeah, won. They've won two, two titles in three years. The Cavs have won one. But... I think well after after they go after the exit reports came out that what was saying that what people in the team players have to end their contracts and they need to stick to their rules. That is something you don't do. That's a conversation you have in the locker room with your teammates. You don't come out and share that for public consumption. Not at all, especially in your exit interview. That, exactly, that's, that's, that's just fucking weird. That's weird, that's weird. And bef- when Wall got injured, you saw what Machine got right. and then exactly, bro, bro, they're like the team passes more now, and I'm like, yo, you don't say that about your Austin. That's that's a guy that's not moving likely. Like, like the team, you have to deal with him. Mm-hmm. If the choice has to be made, it's going to be you got out. And so you have a team that's taking shots at each other, and it's weird. Like the Wizards seem like they should be a much better team than, than they are yeah, right now. Yeah. Maybe they got KD. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And for a market like that, you'd expect there to be some kind of synergy between the players and the front, um, the front office yeah. and the coaching system. But there's, there seems to be some sort of dysfunction in the team. There's a dysfunction. And yeah. above that is you people whining and bitching and moaning every single time. And yeah, man. And maybe that's maybe maybe they need a coach or they just need to have that kind of team where nobody sees themselves yeah. above or better. Because it definitely does seem that Wall sees himself as the best player on the team. And other players feel like he's either holding the ball too long or too much possession runs through him. Oh, man. We can spend an entire episode on on, on the Wizards, their conundrum. Yeah, but I wish that was the most surprising exit. And I think the title for the West exit, that would definitely have to be OKC. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the Coming Heat, the they they had old body was Wade. Uh, what's his name? White didn't play well. Yeah. Well, actually, it's a contention. Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was why I was a bit skeptical. Ah, I forgot. I forgot what, I forgot yeah. what the blazes. <laughs> oh my! No, but for me, it has to be OKC because a lot was riding on this what Paul George experiment, yeah. and it's. I don't think he's re-signing. I don't think so too. Melo wants his money. So, so like, you're going to pay 28 freaking million a year and he said he's not going to play from the bench. bench. No, it's not. And they have Russ who's going to continue mm. to chuck it and play hero ball. Mm. On a supermax. I mean, if you're an OKC fan, Charlie, 
could have had Harden, KD, and Russ on the same damn team. And this is and you're watching Paul George just leave, and you've seen a lot of people go out and just kill us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the entire system of of the entire breakdown of OKC system is what you've you, you've just said. Losing a team that had KD, that had Harden, that had Ibaka, and then now you have a team that is built primarily around an agent Camelo whose game doesn't translate very well, and a Paul George who is moving away, and you are stuck with with Russell who has the mass contracts now. Yeah. Everything is, is is torn apart. You know, coming into the season, everyone said that it was Warriors, Rockets, and then it was the OKC yeah, and the Spurs. Yeah. So. This is a oh, supposed to be a big three. Yeah, the big three. Mello. Mello. Yeah, Woody Mello. Yeah, Woody Mello. So that's great. <laughs> training camp and the likes was doing all this. Yeah, but no shit. Training camp. <laughs> like, no, that's not something you do. But, but the whole thing is, I think they have underperformed the, the, the most. Um, you can say that for the Blazers too because they were the third seed and to get blown out. Is, but I don't think coming to the season, the expectation for the Blazers was as high. Was as high as the they, OKC. They, they end that yeah. as the season went on and ended and then they climbed up. Yeah. But with OKC coming in, it was like, okay, the regular season is looking a bit off. But you know what? They are still making the playoffs. Okay, you know what? Playoffs. They'll figure it out. out. They'll make it happen. And they are, we are watching them and we are like... This is it. Yeah. You're going to do the same thing. And we said earlier, play off the whole different beast. You can't expect to have one person just have that much possession, mm-hmm. chuck the ball, and then Melo is a non factor. And I feel bad for Pojo because he actually played decently. He did. But you, you can't win a game when Russell Westbrook is taking 43 shots. <laughs> that's, that's insane. And the fact that coming into the, into the, into the whole matchup with Utah, you're playing against a rookie. You are getting beat by Dwayne Gilt. Oh, you are getting beat by a Rubio who doesn't know how to shoot. A Rubio that everybody had written off, off, came back rehabbed. Oh man! And and and, and, and the clinic on you. So, yeah, I think the the donkey of the of the playoffs has to go to. Okay, see. Okay, see. Look at you trying to not put on your team. Yeah, <laughs> <at> <laughs> 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 oh man. Um, what do you think? I mean, okay, okay, see, they're definitely going to break it up. Yeah, they will. It's sure. done. Yeah. Blazers, where did they go from here? I think that's that's a bigger question for um, Nilo Sui, who's the GM. So we, we need to figure out, is it a coaching problem? If it's not a coaching problem and we still want to st- stick with Terry Stotts, then we need to find a way of making sure that both Lillard and McCollum are surrounded with players that fits into the whole system. We need to get people who are being more consistent with their three-point shots. Mm-hmm. I think that was the difference why that was why we lost to like Pelican. So every time they were taking the ball from from Lillard and CJ, we didn't have people who had the confidence to be able to, to shoot from three. And that is the, the, the thing they have to do. If you're sticking with Terry, Terry gives his three-pointers the, the leeway, the kind of liberty to be able to shoot. If we can get that same thing and get other players to come in, I mean, we we, we should be able to do it. But I, I mean, it's, it's about resigning certain players and letting certain players walk through the door. And if they're able to do that, hopefully next season we are a bit more competitive than we did this season. And I mean, it's unfair to put all the blame on Lillard, but Charlie is your team, so the box falls, falls, falls yeah, at I mean, you. Yeah, <laughs> He has to do better when matched up with a player like Drew. Drew, yeah, he does. Because he just shuts him down and he seemed to have no... He couldn't figure his way around. You see that? Like we said earlier, this is what playoffs are. You are playing at least four games versus the same opponent. They're going to see what spooks you. Yeah. And best believe they're going to come back the next game and do that same thing with even more intensity. 
Yeah. It's just come on, you're a superstar. Star, like just yeah. he seems to be. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. He took the blame. He said he's gonna get better. In the, oh the man, like season. people take. <laughs> I think the easiest thing to do is to take yeah, the blame. blame. Who's going to come out and? Definitely. Be like it's not my fault. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to take the blame. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to come back postseason next year. Focus. Blah blah blah. These are all buzzwords. But yeah, <laughs> Dame, I really do believe because in the past two seasons he said that, and every time he's come back, and he has a decent three points. Yeah, Short now, so okay. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into our, our round two round of games, which is where we are right now. Yeah. The fun, <laughs> the fun zone, and oh my god. <laughs> Round two has been crazy. It okay, has been. let's start with the most amazing performance. That's definitely the Cavs. Yeah. Biased, I think, is the Celtics, but you know, let's just be objective and give it to the Cavs because coming in after their Pacers series, everyone was like, you know what, this is prime Raptors payback for all the times that LeBron has what that takes them. Yeah, they're finally going to get it back. But then, what is the point? I mean, I don't know how. to... I'm not a Raptors fan, mm-hmm. but even just watching this, I just feel so frustrated and angry. You played this well for the in regular season. You try to beat your opponent to get home court advantage. Mm-hmm. The whole point is that this is, gives you a chance to win certain games and make it difficult for your opponents. Mm-hmm. And they just blew it. Yeah. They blew the advantage. Like, all that hard work. The Raptors came in, bench mob. They were playing differently. It was a, it was aggressive. And it was like, yo, yeah. this is the new look Raptors. And then they blew it. Not in one game, two. Yeah, I can feel the angst in your voice. So it's, it's just... It's, 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 it's I mean, I'm, as a Celtics fan, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy, but... It's... It's, an, it's very hard to understand what's going on with the Raptors. In the, in, the, in the regular season, they shared the ball a bit more. Yeah. They cut down on the ISOs. They trusted some of their rookies in the, in the bench more. Exactly. But, uh, Vliet and all those guys were featured yeah, heavily. Heavily. And the postseason has become a point where they have to rely. They run down the clock to like six or five seconds, and then now Larry and then Drews and have to create shots on their own. Do which something, is, which is which is not ideal to win like a game against LeBron because they're playing and you're you're playing cutting shots with LeBron. And every time you do that with LeBron, he's gonna beat you. The only reason why the Pacers were able to beat Cavs three times in that in that series was because they didn't they were taking quicker shots. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were getting to their groove a bit more, but the Raptors. They crumbled in the first half against a LeBron team, where everybody on LeBron's team was being was being pretty much shit. And and you know the funny thing, I think there was a stat that said that this was the second time in NBA history where a team had not led in the entire game but won in overtime. The Cavs they, they in, came back back at no point in the, I was like yo that is that is mad. At no point should they be winning. And the Raptors is so confused like. Their injuries are to their bench players. Yes. So it shouldn't affect. affect it shouldn't affect them. The productivity of Larry and Dendros and. And Tom. again, they knew coming to the playoffs that they could potentially face the Cavs. In fact, every team on the East, yeah. when it comes to playoffs, you are prepping mentally and physically. Your entire game plan is: if we miss LeBron, what, what do we do? As a scheme. This is it. <laughs> this is what they're giving. This that. is your grand plan. This is what you've been training and playing for to miss LeBron and because once you beat LeBron, that's it. The guy was literally taking training, training shots in the game. Fade away, seven. I was like, what? what the, 
What's seven? Let's was like, I was like, LeBron is not doing this against any other opponent that he was seven, and that's a disrespect right there. Yes. Like, how do you come back? How do you come back to Cleveland and play against them when they did that on your home court? Yeah, LeBron is a decent shooter, but to do fade away in the third quarter of a game against you tells you that he's 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 being your kryptonite. He's being someone who's going to he's pulling all the hairs in your bum. Like he's seen, like he's seen the weakness. Like he's he's, he's seen it. How do you get the wisdom to even guard LeBron? In a game like that, that doesn't make sense. It means that your scheming is very poor. The Raptors have been weird. I mean, their yeah. regular season, and you see, that's the thing. Even when they were playing well, they were so pockets. I was saying, you know what? We've seen this with the Raptors before. They're going to play well. They're going to impress. They're going to improve. But then, when it comes to when it finally matters, playoff games, they're going to crumble. And again, they just yeah. seem to. Have, I don't know. At this point, it seems like it's very much a mental hurdle. Yeah, it is. I think it's a mental hurdle because. <laughs> You know, you lost your you lost home go, um, home court advantage. Then I going to Cleveland. Yeah. Where I don't see you winning like the next two games. Is that so? Random is you going against your mental state and, and getting yourself to believe that you can win a game there. Maybe like win game three and then see what happens in game four. But right now, it feels like the Cavs have been able to get them to, in a place where they want them to be. Yeah. Like, and and the Raptors are, I think internally, you know, there's a bit of doubt in their head. There's mistrust coming in. And it definitely should. I mean, yeah. Because he couldn't do it at home. He's now going to... And the bad thing for them, I guess now, is that the other cast players are showing up. Yeah, they are. JR is like, okay, he's getting yeah. to that J-Switch mode. Good. Kevin Love too is looking... I like it. Oh. And then Tristan too came up with like some huge 13 points. Like, he's looking like yeah. a beast in, in post. Like, they don't... For Raptors, you don't want that. Everything is coming together for them. Yeah, you, the don't, want a, you don't want a cast team actually supporting What's LeBron because he couldn't yeah. stop them when it was just LeBron. LeBron yeah. Oh, this man. It's crazy. I think um, there was this also reading. I read this article and I actually forgot for a while that after the Cavs actually had the number one offense. I think after the All Star games, yeah, they actually had the number, number one offense. offense. So yeah. even though they were slow to go against the Pacers, this is actually a team that was you know moving the ball oh, around yeah. pretty well and was pretty good shooting. So, goddamn man, LeBron might just make that finals. Yes, man. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, the other surprising performance. Celtics and Sixers. Yeah. Your process has been paused. Right? It has. It has. The entire process has been paused. Um, which is like pretty cool because I mean, if you look at the Celtics this season, um, with all the injuries and with all the adults and with all the adversity that they went through, they've been able to figure out a way to be able to to win games. So, for instance, if you look at someone like Jalen, like Tatum, who's pretty much a rookie, it's, it's it's impressive seeing what they've been able to do this season. Which goes to the credit of Barstevens. Yeah. To have young guys like this buy into what you're doing with them. It, is, it tells you that this is a coach that deserves to win the coach of the year, um, the, the coach of the year award. To have the the the, the sixes who are playing so well coming into this series. I know. Because everybody was raving about the yeah. process. Seeing that oh they're gonna be the dark horse to, to get into the final. Suddenly we're talking about them being them the final. Like, Just oh. completely dismissing the Celtics like again, this isn't a team that is pro- like you said earlier number one defense, I think for a period a during the regular season. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. This is a team that has, they lost Hayward the first game. Yeah. They bounced back. They lost Kyrie. They've lost Brown and Hawford at multiple yeah. stages yeah. and they still keep playing well. <laughs> you gotta show some respect. There might be something in the water in Boston. We need to look that up. But it's, it's I mean, it's, it's really impressive seeing young guys be able to step up 
on the biggest stage of, of, Dude, of basketball. Like not breaking the sweat, like Terry with the swagger, <laughs> like smart, just with the disrespect. <laughs> I'm a new Terry Rivier fan. Like oh. I, I want, I, I want to get his jersey. It's like a place where certain confidence that makes you see that uh, he might not be like an A caliber star, but here's somebody I want the ball. He can hit those heights. He, like he is and. Honestly, I think full full credit goes to Brad and uh, Angel and entire yeah. organization. Because two three seasons ago, even Tena was playing like that. Yeah, Tena was jacking up shots and making plays that had no business yeah. going in, and then he gets traded, and you are like, okay, what happened? What happened? I mean, he still has his funny quotes, but it doesn't land as much because yeah. he, he, the court business is not being taken care of. Yeah. So. And the Celtic system, yeah, they are nailing it. Yeah, they are. Which is why I think that with them and the Spurs, I, I I really think that they are the model for success. Um, I mean, Lakers have won as as many championships like the, the Celtics. I think it's just two apart. But if you're saying if you want your team to be to be, if you're looking for a model for success in the NBA, look at what Ainge has been able to do with the with the, with the Celtics. Give it, given that they've had certain assets and certain um, draft picks, but they drafted right. Yeah, they, they they were able to turn out their money through the right systems. They we're able to create certain roster spots for the right players to come in to be able to perform. But more than that, it's been a coaching system that's been able to get them mm-hmm. to win. Not many people can see Bart Stevens and have the confidence to leave the entire franchise in the hand of a college coach. Yep. But he was able to see something in him and be able to go in that direction. The same thing that space there with, with Pop. Yeah. Um, to leave the entire franchise on his shoulders. So if you're looking at a model for success in the NBA, you have to look at Pop and then look at what Angel has been able to do. These are the moments where the coach, having your coach be the superstar, actually yeah. pays off because the system revolves around, around him. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I was going to mention, almost blacking out for a second. Um, another thing with the Celtics also is that they are, they also use the Sixers, is the different ways to rebuild. Yeah. The Sixers had the whole tank. Get a number one pick, tank, hold the ball, force in your favor, keep tanking until you get the picks and you build a team. Mm. And they have the Celtics, which I, I don't know, man, rebuilding on the fly. Aye. Like it was just one bad season. And even then, you could see offshoots of Brad making it work. And then suddenly, everything just falls yeah. in place. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, I think in, in, in building up a team, it's less to do with luck and more to do with preparation. And I think Danny Ainge gives the credit here that he he was able to pick the right moves at the right time. You know, coming into the season, everyone was blaming him for not going for the Paul George or the Jimmy Butler trades. But where are they now? Where are they now? Like, Shout out to man like Moose. <laughs> <laughs> where are they now? Like now, Jimmy is balling. Yeah, telling yeah. me that we should have obviously gone for Butler. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, he will still really have helped, have but. Yeah, but. Not at the expense of Jalen's development. No, so it definitely it's definitely worked out. Yeah. <laughs> um the West the West is looking pretty obvious yeah. in round two. I mean the Jazz the Jazz took one back, but then we fully expect Houston to make it to the finals. Everyone does. I mean if you watch the game or better part part of the game today, you could see that Walkers had finally figured out how to beat them. Yeah. The is, is that sometimes you need to do a little tweak in your in your in your system and they've been able to figure that out so being able to keep Donovan under check especially putting Taka on him and putting Ariza on him in the course of the game was able to get him to not play at his utmost best and I think that's what they're going to do like going forward they're not going to allow um James to got um, Donovan too much in the in the course of the, the series because I mean Harden is a very 
terrible defender. So <laughs> we've, we've been able to figure out everything out. So like you and I both expect um the Rockets to be able to go through. I think we also both expect the Warriors to, to go through yeah. as well. I mean, the Pelicans to go on back. AD played out of his mind, 33 points, I think. Rondo with an insane 21 freaking assist. Yeah, but then it's... Yeah, the war, we expect the Warriors to go through in five. Yeah. If it's a seven-game series, I'll be pleasantly surprised, I but... Uh, the most I think they can go is six. Yeah, I'm expecting to go down in five. Like, yeah. they go one more out game. Yeah. Wow, cheese. Um, Predictions for the Eastern Conference. Do you think the Raptors have anything in them to force this? Yeah, I, my sole wish is for them to be able to come back and make this a bit more competitive, but it's Cubs. It's LeBron. One of the top three greatest players of all time. So I see the Raptors going through. I see Celtics going through. Well. I want the Celtics to beat the success, and I want the Raptors to <laughs> to beat to LeBron. Back, Just because back. I think we, it's easier to beat them than it is to beat the Cavs. I think the Celtics can beat the two of them handily. The Unless, success? No, I think the Celtics oh, can okay. beat both Raptors and, and Cavs handily. See, LeBron, LeBron in the final stage. And again, I mean, we can't discount the fact that I think we're him, um, Love... Tristan, I think those guys together have won. Like, they have that playoff experience, experience. as players and as a unit. It's a kind of like the Champions League in football. Certain teams, when they get certain stages, know how also accounts for something. Yeah. And I feel like the Cows do have that over the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, go on. Yeah, but I think the Celtics have like the length and just the defensive scheme to be able to hold it too. But to, to go. That the little, that, no, I think the Celtics have that strong mentality. I think they have that strong mentality thanks to Brad and how the players also the kind of players they are. They don't they don't shake away from defeats or all of that. Like they are mentally up there. I just feel like when it comes to the finals, it, every little thing matters more. I can understand your point, and, and, and suddenly, think... yes, we know Marcus Smart is always going to jack up seven three attempts, but then he can come back and bite you. Yeah, like these things matter. If I'm a betting man, I completely understand your point of view, and I'll consider that in making my predictions. But my gut feeling is that I think the Celtics might make it into the finals, primarily because well, not into the finals, yeah, but yeah. past the finals, finals, into the finals proper. Yeah. No, I mean the finals proper. No, I mean yeah, because I, I think that both Celtics, both, both Raptors and Cavs, yeah, they're, they're very good. I mean, on on a head-to-head scale, they're better than the, the Celtics, like in terms of star quality and being able to... That's to do. Five. But them I, I think that the Celtics have embraced the underdog mantra and they are using that as a step for to be able to go. And so at every point, it is challenging themselves to beat the status quo. And when you have a team that's good, that's it. And being able to use that statement as as their banner, it, it gives you a leeway to, to believe that they can be they can get into the final. So regardless of the Cavs or the Raptors coming into the finals with them, I am strongly my gut feeling thinking that they are going to be the ones going to the finals. I'm getting I'm getting shapes of FC Porto and Jose with this team. Exactly. Like people just see the players and like, wait, who are these guys? Nice. Like we don't know them. And in their own right, these guys were drafted in the first round. So it's not as if they are slouches. These yeah. guys, and given the modern turn of the NBA, players are now at least physically fit, like fit. They know systems. They yeah. are smart. Yeah. That's what the Celtics are working yeah. with. It's not as if they are just scrubs. They're not yeah. superstars, but these guys are not scrubs. Crap, yeah. And like you mentioned, they have the length and they have the motor and they, they have the damn energy to run up yeah. and around. So like, these are top NBA players and they're just executing everything flawlessly and perfectly. And like, essentially, everybody just slots in. Yeah. Like, whatever you do, I think um, it was a success game. Smart had, before the first half, he had like four out of four in threes. 
at that point you have to guard him. Yes. And for the rest, he was in one 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 in eight. Because now this will be T. But you still have to guard him because the guy's already made four four threes. In the first half. Yeah. You have to guard him. Like he's he's breaking it, but you still have to put a man on him. So that's that's the team. Like he's still going to take those shots. You have to gamble. Do you leave him or do you go on him? Like and they are good at fashioning those chances and they are all around play, man. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) oh, if you make it to the finals without Kyrie, that's that's without Hayward. Oh my god. Possibly without Brown, because I think what injured his hamstring and then he played again and he went back out. If this team makes it to the finals, my sweet God. Yes. That it, would be it, something. It gives you guys the, the kind of um, liberty to be able to say that let's put a few players together, maybe do the Anthony Davis trade, maybe do that return, and then it takes it to a different pedestal. Dude, before KD's uh, free agency, this, oh, the Celtics don't get free agents, big star players don't want to come to the Celtics. But then having Brad and seeing how people seem. See, yeah. People now want to have their meeting, like getting Kyrie. Like five years ago, you would have imagined the sort of a possible destination. But suddenly, now that free agents are on the market, everybody's thinking, "Hey, will they be open to going to the Celtics?" Because this is the way for in terms of basketball, and Brad is just. Charlie, you have reason to come to them. See, Charlie, Celtics. Yeah, now I'm a fan. I am a fan right now. I think I'm, I'm ready with them. Even more than that, I, 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 of course, I want to see the Warriors win the title because I don't want LeBron winning another one. (laughs) But a part of me just believes that the, the Celtics, sincerely, because they have embraced. The, the tagline of them being underdogs mm-hmm. allows them to be able to go as far. So, Terry was here and then Brad Stevens here. Oh, I am your fan. Before before we wrap up, we have just one short one short topic. But don't forget to subscribe to After the Whistle on your favorite podcast manager or player. So that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Just type After the Whistle and listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter GCRATW, and we'll drop a number in our description notes. If you want to send us a message via WhatsApp, you can reach us. Simmons. I feel like his performance was worthy of an entire episode. How do you play 30? I think it was 33 minutes in total or plus. How do you play an entire game of playoff basketball and end up with just one point? That is me playing on the NBA slide. Because if you plug me in an NBA game, trust me, I can get one point. At least I know I can get that for you. I can get a foul. Yeah, I can get a follow to yeah, at least make finish. one. Yeah, I think I can drive to the basket and make a point. I make two oh, points. Right. To me, that in that particular game, I could have been better than. than, than Look Simmons. at you, rookie yes. of the year over here. <laughs> but I think Simmons, his case is very peculiar. If you if you can shoot in the NBA, it's easy for teams to guard against you. It was a problem that Ricky will be had mm-hmm. prior to the season is that now the defense goes goes back. And then has room to be able to guard against. Yeah, because what you want to do? Yeah, you can't shoot from there. So you means you have to drive to the basket. And when you drive to the basket, we either blocking you yeah. or getting into the lane for you to make a bad pass. And you make some. And Simon's a great passer, but yes. then the problem with being a great passer is that it's because he takes all these unconventional passes. passes yeah. Those are high risk passes, so yeah. you can easily get intercepted. And yeah, it's like it's all those high variation things. Some days all your passes go, go through. through. Some, some days. days you know, it doesn't go through. Exactly. And what happens then is, that's that's, that's a point right there for the opposition team. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, the, the length that the Celtics have is not a luxury that most teams have. So, sometimes it's able to get away with those passes. Yeah. But I think the Celtics, who players have, are, are looking. instinctively more smarter than the Yeah, players. are looking for that. Yeah, and but is able to scheme that way against you. Yep. It doesn't allow you to be able to get in your comfort zone. I think that's the problem with Simmons, is that he's not found 
the groove to be able to go and explode. And even in between a certain point, because things have realized their weaknesses and they have compiled and all that. Yeah, mid-range, man. Nice. Yes. I mean, we all know that threes are the future and all of that, but I mean, if, you, if you have any mid-range game in the NBA, it's back for you. Yeah, because yes. there's still, there are still players, there's still a healthy amount of points to make in in that half court. <laughs> and right now, you shut Simmons down. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back tonight. You know, but you see, I still don't think they're going to beat the Celtics. Primarily because it's, if you can't shoot, you, can, you can't just, it's not a stretch if you flip on. Yeah, it's not something you just start shooting. Yeah, yeah, so they're still going to play the same system against you. Yeah. Maybe you might say their home court would, but the energy and the passion will drive you to be able to yeah. do something more. But at the end of the game, it's just X and O's in basketball. And if you don't have the goals in you right now to be able to produce the goods, I'm sorry, but you can't. Because, and see, the thing with them is, the thing is, they're not letting Terry guard him for the most part. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he has, he's a more taller and more, like, um, he has an expansive breadth than, than Terry. So they're putting Jalen on you. And Jalen is very good defensively. But the problem in the house strength, he might not play, play. That, that he oh, might not play this shit. But, but, we, but we have Semi, who, who is a tank. tank. Yes. <laughs> so, future, future dream one <laughs> over here. I mean, god damn, I don't know how they keep picking these players. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Oh man, but I don't think Simmons will have, can have a game this bad again. That's the no, no. plus side. He's too talented a player. Yeah. Um, the question I had was, should we try to, should we factor in postseason for regular season voting or, nah, just season end, season ends. Because, <laughs> I mean, I think Simmons is going to win the rookie of the year. Yeah, but some people might change their votes. Based off if, what you were voting today. Yeah. Yeah, they might have. I think a lot of people... Especially both. Mitchell would have, it would have swung heavily towards so, Mitchell because so. he's really played like a superstar that in terms of carrying the team and being that all-round force. Yeah, I think I'm on the fence on that. There can be a player who plays very well in the regular season. He plays well, but the team doesn't necessarily play well. So they do not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So do you... Suddenly you discount his Yeah, the one player doesn't play too well in the playoff, in the regular season. But, but suddenly he's beasting. In the playoffs. And so it's... Everything. But I think it's a regular season award. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we can have one for just put the postseason. But I mean there's a well there's an MVP, MVP yeah. finals MVP and all of that. So that's yeah. adequately taken care of. Yeah. All right, Alex. We're gonna bring this episode to to an end. Uh the number you guys can reach us at well, the number you guys can reach us on to send your comments, suggestions, topics, your NBA finals predictions, anything Lex and I have said that you want to dispute <laughs> or, or you I know, agree with, with uh, that's 020-757-5273. That's so, I guess, the national. So, plus 233-20-757-5272. Again, it's going to be in our description. Thank you for listening. It's been another episode after the whistle. We'll catch you next time. Next, thanks for coming, Charlie. Neymar, Busquets. Se va al ataque de nuevo el futuro campeón de liga. Me estoy dejando el balón para Neymar. Atención, ahí fuera del juego. Balón para Luis Suárez. Gol. Va a golpear Cristiano. Se espatarra el bicho. Va a golpear con la derecha. Chuta Cristiano. Gol. Costa turns out the final. Hazard! Won the title for Leicester City tonight! Irving and Curry, one on one. Irving puts it up. It's go! Kyrie Irving from downtown!